The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everyone joining me on the Listener app. Limestone Coasters, the first of the country cabinets has taken place here in the Limestone Coast and today I get to talk all about it with a member for Mount Gambia, Troy Bell and the Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis. Country Cabinet is in town as we speak. There was a community engagement event that took place up at the Blue Lake Golf Links last night. Troy Bell, the member for Mount Gambia, was there. Good morning, Troy. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Now, mate, first of all, got to say, what a huge turnout last night. It was a huge success. Yeah, we had uh, over 300 people um, for seating capacity of about 250. So uh, it was a fantastic response. Uh, it really enabled uh, people to you know, be up close, personal with um, various ministers. The entire cabinet was there, except for Jeff Brock, who's unfortunately got COVID, mm. and Stephen Mulligan, um, whose uh, Rex flight uh, didn't take off. So uh, um, all was pushed back. And delayed to the point that uh, he, he wasn't able to uh, to make it. So um, there were lots of um, individual um, meetings going on. Uh, people were addressing things with the minister, the CEOs. Uh, it, it was really pleasing to see um, the engagement from our community. And the premier keeps um, correcting me that it's it's not a hundred million he's put into the region; it's a hundred and thirty million, and <laughs> he gets a little bit upset when I uh, <laughs> only say it's a hundred million. So, uh, um, yeah, listen, it, it's it's an unbelievable feeling to have a government that is listening, that is responsive. Um, I'm not silly enough to think that uh, the honeymoon, you know, won't end at some point, but. Uh, boy, we're going to ride it as, as hard as we can while the uh, honeymoon period's on, Ewan. And then, of course, it, you know, the the real work is about making sure every dollar is used um, to the benefit of the community. Um, and I'm hoping for some really good announcements. I, I believe there's um, going to be an announcement about the technical college today, about where that's going to be located. Um, I, I believe we've got a, a housing announcement today in terms of... Um, how that's going to uh, to roll out and, and be developed. And, yeah, I, I think uh, there's going to be some exciting news today. Um, and as soon as I hear it, I'll, I'll certainly let you know as well. Troy, you've been in Parliament for a lot of years now. You've been uh, watching Parliament for even longer. Uh, mm. To me, this is the first time that that a, a, a state premier has has basically accepted that the regions do need to be looked after and that Adelaide needs the regions more than the regions need Adelaide. That was his opening line uh, <laughs> last night at the golf club. He's, he said it multiple times that uh, everyone in Adelaide makes the mistake of, of thinking that uh, the Limestone Coast needs Adelaide. Uh, the reality is uh, the Limestone Coast is quite fine without Adelaide and it's proven it because it's... Uh, been neglected for so long, Adelaide needs the Limestone Coast because this is where the economic opportunity is um, and this is where the growth uh, and return on state investment is. And it's the first time I've ever heard a Premier not only say it, because words are pretty easy, um, but back it up with serious money, uh, serious commitment. Um, you know, basically the, the, the rest of the state stops while the, the ministers are down here because the CEOs are down here. So all the issues that they're normally dealing with on a day-to-day basis, um, they've just got their focus on Mount Gambier and it's it's long overdue. Uh, I think the community should be 
very excited um, at what's coming. Locking $130 million into the budget is obviously the first um, step, but uh, now we'll start seeing over the next you know, three years the, the rollout of, of that money and a fair bit of it uh, starts straight away. Now, mate, over 300 people in the room last night. What were some of the key issues that people wanted to talk about with uh, the ministers and, and, of course, our Premier? I mean, it varied. Uh, health is an ongoing and, and massive issue. Um, so there, there were lots of individual stories to the health minister. Um, he was very, very busy. Um, child protection, um, Ewan, that was a, uh, a big one and... Um, some issues that uh, I know the Child Protection Minister is involved in, but it was good for, for those people to meet the Minister face to face and, you know, knowing that uh, the Minister is working on, um, on some of those issues. Um, transport probably didn't come up as... That was a surprising one to me, Ewan. The, um, I, I thought roads and, and transport would, would come up more. Now, I've got uh, an hour and a half with Coots and Tonus today, uh, going through a whole range of things from, you know, bus routes, public transport, um, um, right through to a couple of dangerous corners and, um, you know, works that need to be done. So uh, there was a whole range range of issues. I guess the important thing to me that, uh, you know, even I'm learning all the time is, and, and whilst it's not going to happen here, just how important hydrogen is to our state's future. Mm. Um, it's going to be a half a billion dollar investment. Uh, that's a mixture of state government and um, private money. Um, however, the important part is um, uh, the, the generation and the storage of, of hydrogen um, will be state-owned and state-controlled, and uh, that's a reason why, you know, over time our power prices are going to go down. Uh, the bad news is that uh, with what's going on in the world... That, um, They're going to go the up before that happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. And, and Kurtz and Tonis actually explained that really well of how successive governments have completely stuffed this up, um, and, uh, and what this government is is aiming to uh, to do about it. Mm. Troy, cabinet are going to meet today. There's a whole lot of uh, events taking place while the cabinet are in town. Um, it's going to be a, a massive day for you guys. I'm presuming that you're going to be around all the action. Let's catch up over the next couple of days, talk a little bit more about the uh, the fallout from uh, the country cabinet visiting the Limestone Coast and the uh, the opportunities that come from that over the uh, the course of the two days. Absolutely. Troy Bell, the member for Mount Gambia, talking all about the Country Cabinet visit that is taking place as we speak. Now, Country Cabinet is here and $130 million has been earmarked for the Limestone Coast. From the state government, the Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis, he joins me on the line. Peter, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning to your listeners. Peter, that is a beautiful number to say out loud. $130 million for the Limestone Coast. It uh, compares um, quite dramatically, I think, to the approximately $2 million commitment that was in the last state budget handed down by the former government. I, I made a lot of commitments in the lead-up to the election, Ewan, to this community, and I'm just so proud of the fact that in the budget now they've been all honoured, each and every one of them, uh, and that obviously adds up to a very significant state government investment in realising all of the potential that this community has to offer. Uh, offer the state, really, but also investment in critical services such as health, which um, we're so determined to deliver. 
Peter, I am so excited that, that your government has recognised paying attentions to the regions. Well, particularly this region, um, Ewan. Uh, I've said publicly at a range of forums, including in other parts of the state, that I'm a big believer that the Limestone Coast has more opportunity embedded within it than pretty much any other region in the state. And the reason why I say that is because what we see here is a, a community that hasn't necessarily been invested in the way it should have been in the past, and I'm just determined to right that wrong. I, and like I said, I made a lot of commitments. I said I'd, I said I'd be down here, Ewan, within 72 hours of being sworn in if we won the last election, and a lot of people didn't expect either of those things to happen, but we won, and then I was um, down here pretty quickly, you know, within, within 72 hours of being mm. sworn in, and now I'm down here with the whole cabinet. And the forum we had last night was, it was honestly, it was really good. It was a packed house last night, Peter, and and a lot of really good questions from the community to to not only you but to to uh, to everybody concerned. When you put these forums on you, and you never know how many people are going to show up, and you know, I was really taken aback by the fact it was literally standing room only. People were being turned away. Uh, it was a packed house last night, and but more than that, the the questions and the engagement from people in the room was really healthy. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There were curly questions coming my way and to <laughs> and to minister and ministers' ways, um, as is you know it was unplugged. I mean, there was no no scripting to events like this. And I just think that's the way democracy should operate. Um, you know, we're ultimately as a cabinet elected by the people of this state, and we've got to be accessible. And there were things that came out of it that actually we can go away and do a bit of work on now in a way that was really healthy. Were there any surprises from last night's get together, Peter? Um, oh, there's always homework to do, but not, not so much surprises, to be honest. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time, not from my perspective at least anyway, I've spent a lot of time uh, in the Limestone Coast over the last few years and got to know the issues pretty well and got to know um, plenty of people in the community quite well, and I, I enjoy it. So I wouldn't say there were any surprises, but certainly areas that we need to do a bit of follow-up on. Like, I'll give you one example. Um, there was a question that was raised last night about um, a piece of infrastructure being upgraded at the Lucendale School that you know has been causing a lot of angst in the that local school community. And mm. the question went the minister's way, and he's going out there this morning. In fact, I've given him a uh, a dispensation from appearing in cabinet, which doesn't happen very often, <laughs> so he can go out there and and actually get on the ground at the school itself, and not just the minister, but also the chief executive of the department of of an of education across the state is going there to see if we can't sort those issues out. So this is what, you know, you can read all the briefs in the world, Ewan, but nothing replicates getting out on the ground and talking to people firsthand. And um, hopefully we get some good outcomes out as, as a result of that last night. Peter, one of the interesting things in the room last night, people were uh, were very interested in the idea of a hydrogen plant for South Australia. Mm. Listen, it's a, this is a complex policy, Ewan. It's not, I find it hard to explain in, you know, in a two second uh, grab, but the simple fact is that hydrogen is going to be a, f a fuel of the future, a critical fuel of the future. And in South Australia, we can produce hydrogen at a cheaper price than almost anywhere in the world. And that, that represents a massive economic opportunity for the state. Just for your listeners' benefit, uh, hydrogen is a fuel that can be burned, um, that creates energy with zero carbon emissions. And it's a question about can you produce it at the appropriate price to make it economic? We can do that in South Australia, and that's why we've got a massive plan to invest in hydrogen technology, a 
a people-owned, a government-owned um, hydrogen production facility and power plant, which I think the need of that has only become more acute as we've started to learn about the depth of the energy crisis the world is experiencing and Australia is now experiencing over the recent weeks. I was going to ask you about that, Peter, because given what your plans are with the hydrogen plant, is that something that you guys are going to look at legislating so that a hydrogen plant can't be sold uh, yes. by successive governments? And, and given the fact that you're going to be creating energy, is it something that we can create a, uh, a, a, a percentage for a domestic market so that we don't have an energy crisis like we're walking into at the moment? The short answer to your question is yes, this is going to be a state-owned facility that will be underpinned by legislation, um, protected by the parliament. Now, I can't stop a future Liberal government privatising the hydrogen facility like they privatised ETSA. Mm. I can't stop that. Only the people can stop that at the ballot box. But but we we our policy is for this to be state government owned and operated, operating for the benefit of people, not for overseas profit. And it's a it's a big investment, and uh, I invite people to look at history. I mean, it was Sir Thomas Playford, you know, the longest serving premier of our state, a, a conservative premier, who established ETSA to operate for the interest of people and also local business to to industrialise the state's economy. We can do something similar with the hydrogen opportunity, and we're going to we're going to you know realise this policy with all the determination we've got. It's it's got a you know it's got a degree of um, ambition associated with it, but we're un unapologetic about that. Peter, what's on the cards for today while you're still here in the Limestone Coast? Um, well, uh, yesterday we travelled around um, quite extensively with a principal focus on local industry and businesses. Other ministers are out um, in education and health and, and what have you. But for me today, I'm, I'm meeting with all the local councils, um, some separately, some together. And then from there, I'm going out to Kim Kimberley-Clark and looking at some opportunities in and around that facility and some of the challenges they've got at the moment, um, and then a number of um, meetings in between. So, but I do want to, we do want to engage with local government down here. Um, local government is important. You got there's a lot of councils I've got to say in the Limestone Coast, so <laughs> um, which is an issue within itself. But they 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 um, of course have got different issues they want to raise. So that'll be important this morning. They're presenting to the whole of the cabinet this morning, um, and then Kimberly Clark as well. So it's a pretty. Uh, and there are a few things in between. So it's a pretty full day, but and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, as I always do. Premier, it is great to have you in the Limestone Coast. It always is. It's always great to have you on the radio as well. You've got a flat-out day, so I'll let you go. Thanks for making Thanks, time you. to talk to us today. Thanks, you, and appreciate it, mate. Cheers.